man, am I red? I should be. 37, Psalms chapter 37, verse 4. I, mean, I don't know how long I, mean, I will be here tonight. I guess we'll find out. But my text is short. Josh is already getting excited back there. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Amen. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Why don't we lay down our Bibles and ask the Lord to bless the remaining portion of the service. We want him to have his way. Amen. Before we leave this place. Amen. Why don't we all pray together tonight? Jesus, we need your grace. We need your anointing. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you, Savior. Praise you, Master. I magnify you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Master. I worship you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. We thank the Lord for his presence. Amen. You could be seated tonight. I want to talk to you on this uh, simple subject, emotionally invested. Pastor uh, asked me a couple weeks ago, he said, you need to get a lesson together. And um, he's like, you need to learn how to teach. And, And... so I don't know if that's what this will be or if I'll end up preaching halfway through it. That's probably what's going to end up happening. But uh, this is an attempt. Amen. In obedience to my man of God. <laughs> Amen. But delight thyself also in the Lord, and, uh, and then he shall give thee the desires of your heart. That word that's translated as desire literally means request, Desire, petition, or prayers. So these desires, I mean, the things that you want, the things that you desire, the things that you're praying about, your petitions that are being made unto God, your requests, the things, I mean, he didn't put any qualifiers there. He says, he shall give thee the desires of thine heart if you delight yourself in the Lord. So what does it mean to delight Yourself in the Lord. This is where I think it gets interesting. Amen. Delight thyself also in the Lord. And the word means from the same source, Thayer's Greek, uh, or, or uh, strong, Strong's and Jesenius Hebrew Chaldee lexicon, not Thayer's Greek, we're in the Old Testament. But uh, means to live softly and delicately, specifically with the purpose of attracting another. He said, make yourself attractive to the Lord. I, mean, I see a couple smirks back here, so I'm going to capitalize on it. Amen. Young ladies, young men, amen, where uh, you spend your time in the mirror, I mean, doing up your hairdo and putting on the right clothes, the right socks, some cases the wrong socks, uh, the right belt, the right tie right dress, perfect number of hairpins, and just to hold it just right. Amen. The purpose 
there is to make yourself attractive. Make yourself appealing. To look good. I know it's true. You don't have to amen. I know. Been there, done that. It's a lost cause with me at this point, but I still try. Give, give me some grace here. Amen. But delight thyself also in the Lord. I, anyway, I, was, I need to stay on my notes here. Uh, amen. Specifically, this word's delighting in the Lord specifically is saying, make yourself attractive to God. Do whatever you see, whatever you, I'm not, I don't want to say this wrong because it becomes, but do the things that you feel are necessary that you know would attract God. Do something that you feel like God is attracted to. Amen. Make yourself attractive and appealing to God. When you wake up in the morning, amen, you spend, amen, that time, amen, in prayer. Amen. Make it attractive to God. Amen. It's not just obligation. It's not just requirements, but it's I'm trying to make myself more appealing to the one that I love. Amen. Amen. That's what that's what the psalmist is trying to tell us. He said, if you would make, if you would go, amen, go out of your way to make yourself, amen, attractive to God, to do things that you know are appealing to God's senses and to what God, amen, is looking for, then he'll respond. He will, he will, he will, he will respond. You'll get his attention. Amen. Amen. Brother Burgess, one evening in leadership class, amen, was, talked about um, talked about someone that had made the comment to him, amen, that all the effort that went into um, an outreach event, some particular outreach event that they were working on, was worth it if only one soul came out as it was prayed through as a result. Of that, if one soul was saved as a result of that outreach effort. And his response to them was, What if no one is saved? Does it all of a sudden become worthless? Does it all of a sudden become a waste of time? What if no, what if, what if you spend an entire day, amen, knocking on doors and not a single soul, amen, comes to the house of the Lord? Is it a waste of time? Amen. I submit to you that it, it's not if you're trying to make yourself attractive to him. If that's your goal. If the goal is for you to see results, if the goal is for other people to see how productive you are for the kingdom of God, then yes, it would be a waste of time. But if the goal is ultimately to please God, and to be attractive to him, then it's absolutely not a waste of time. Amen. It is worth every penny. It's worth every moment, amen, spent, amen, in, in your labor for the kingdom of God. Amen. We have to love doing a work for God, amen, simply because we love doing it. 
Amen. Hallelujah. We have to. It, it has to be a matter. This is where we get our title from. A matter of our, we have to get invested emotionally. That's why God gave us emotions. Amen. It's not to satisfy, amen, our, our feelings or our natural, amen, desires and all these. That's, that's not what those are there for. The Bible says, and we've talked about it, amen, uh, a number of times over the past couple of weeks, that he made us in his image. Which means that if we have emotions, he does too. Amen. First John chapter 4, verse 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. You tell me God doesn't feel? Can't tell me that. Can't tell me that God man, doesn't have any emotion involved or invested in the kingdom of God. You can't tell me that. God is love. First John chapter 4, verse 16. Again, we have known and believed the, the love that God hath to us. We know, we know that there is love towards us. We know, amen, and believe the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. God has feelings about things. God has, has inclinations one way or another about things. It's not, just, it's not just black and white with him. Amen. Isn't that, isn't that why things get so difficult? Amen. When we're trying to sort things out. Because when we get our, I mean, when we read it on piece of paper and it's clear the rule is amen and, and this is a bad example I'm not saying this is not black and white but what, what I, let me just use this as an example the, the Bible teaches do not steal you know thou shalt not steal amen black and white the rule is absolutely clear amen but what happens when you're a six-year-old and you're walking through amen the candy store and you really like gummies Man, something about our human attributes, amen, that put, that there's a desire in us, and we want that candy. We want those gummies. I say that because I really like gummies. Amen. But, but when our emotion gets involved, and, and in that case, our taste buds get involved, amen, we, we, we make irrational decisions. Should be clear, don't steal. Amen. But somehow in our, in, our, in our limited thinking or limited rationale, we justify the stealing. Amen. Amen. And that's one way that we, we see that emotions, amen, will, can attack us, can be our enemy, can be in opposition, amen, to the will of God in our lives. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 19, Dearly beloved, Avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. 
God takes vengeance on people. Amen. What the Bible says. I preach in false doctrine. You can read it for yourself. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Amen. What are the fruit of the Spirit? I should have said that. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Genesis chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. It's a lot of emotion in the fruit of the Spirit. It's a lot of emotion involved. Amen. And so I believe, amen, after amen, studying this and, and trying to understand, amen, what the Lord and what the psalmist meant in, in Psalm chapter 34, amen, and, and uh, in our text, Psalm chapter 37, verse 4, delight thyself also in the Lord. I, I feel like that he's trying to show us that if we want to really please God, we've got to get our emotions involved. Amen. Amen. There's something about those that have the real fruit of the Spirit that you can tell. Amen. There's a certain ring, amen, in their prayer. There's a certain sound, amen, that comes as a result of being emotionally invested. Not just being, just doing it because that's what the rule says, but doing it because I want it. I, I desire more of God. I, there's something deep inside me that no rule, amen, can express. That, that I really, I really want to please God. And so I'm making myself more attractive to him. And so when I take my time and set it aside for God, it's not going to be just passing time. Amen. But this is... This is my time with God. This is something that I am going, amen, to give it my all. I mean, when I read the word of God, it's not something that I'm just, I'm just flowing through and, and really thinking about everything else while my eyes scan the words, amen. But I'm interested. I'm interested in what he has to say. I'm interested in how he wants me to live. I'm interested, amen, in the image of God, amen, that is designed and printed, amen, in this black book. I'm interested in that. Amen. I want to know, amen, where I'm wrong. I want to see, amen, how to change my life. Amen. I'm emotionally invested. This is something, amen, that Jared cares about. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I've heard, amen, around here from some young people and moms and dads, amen, praying. And I've heard, amen, that certain sound, that ring, amen, from the guts, amen, from, from the most deepest part, amen, in your heart where, where you, can't, you can't fabricate that. You can't reproduce that. But there's something real there that you desire to please God. You want to, to connect with the one that made you. You're not just wasting time. You're not just looking for somebody to hear what you're saying. You're not, you, what you're interested in is finding that place, uh, amen, and getting alone with God. I don't know about you, friend, uh, amen, but I don't want to just waste uh, time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Amen. But every moment I spend, uh, amen, in prayer, I want it to be worth uh, my time. I'm going to give it everything that I've got. I mean, I'm just using prayer, amen, because it's such an easy example, amen, but it really applies to anything, amen, that you try to do for God. If you're knocking on doors or you're spending time, amen, with a friend or a family member that's lost, amen, don't just do it out of obligation, amen, but fall in love with that person. Let them see, amen, the desire, amen, that you want them to change, amen, not that you're trying to correct all their sin and their situations, amen, but you're praying for them, amen, that you understand, amen, where they're at. You feel it when they hurt, and you, and you're praying for them. Hallelujah, that's what the church is all about. Amen. When we pray, amen, for sick folk on Thursday night, when, when somebody comes to the house of God, amen, and they're hurting and, and they really have a problem, they've got to have that assurance that somebody is praying for them. It's not just wasting time. It's not just, amen, but I'm investing everything I've got into this prayer. Hallelujah. And when I come to the house of the Lord, Hallelujah. It's not just a passing time. Amen. But this is something, I'm not doing it out of obligation. Amen. But I love God. I want to please Him. I want to hear, I want to know, amen, what, what the latest is in the kingdom of God. I want to know, amen, where the church of God is. I want to know where I stand, amen, in the church of God. Amen. Hallelujah. We're made in the image of God. He gave us His emotion. He's the one that gave us feeling. Amen. Some, we're, we're more in control of our emotions than we think. We really are. I mean, think about it. Amen. There's certain emotions that you reserve, husbands, for your wives. And vice versa. Or in my case, for my girlfriend. Amen. There's certain feelings, amen, that not anybody can, 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 uh, can evoke that response. Invoke that response. Amen. Not, not everybody, amen, can produce that. Same ought to be true, amen, the kingdom... Of God. You don't mess with my brother. You don't mess with my sister. I mean, we have fa familial uh, emotions, amen, tied into our emotions. I mean, you die for your brother and sister, your physical, your, your biological brother and sister, and maybe adopted brother and sister. Amen. You have certain emotion tied into, amen, individuals. We control that. Amen. We reserve certain emotions, amen, for certain people. Amen. There are certain emotions that we turn off when somebody walks in the door. Amen. We think, wow. Okay, shut that off. Or you're, maybe you're having a good time and somebody... You remember somebody that's 
you're, you're, all, you're just kicking back and spending time with family and friends. And, and that person that you're mad at, that person that's stabbed you in the back last week, that you overheard somebody telling you about, hey amen, which is also the same thing. They're stabbing them in the back. Anyway, but Josh didn't get that. Let me re-say that. He said, I said that when somebody stabbed, when you heard, overheard that somebody stabbed you in the back, when they're telling you, that's them stabbing them in the back. That's what I was saying. Appreciate you, Josh, for dealing with me. Amen. He's going to turn that emotion off every time I walk in the door. Man, every time he gets up behind that pulpit, he has to make up, make something. Well, you're just my comfort zone, so I hope you appreciate. I mean, I appreciate that. Anyway, uh, amen, but somebody does you wrong. I mean, you feel that, that as soon as you see him, as soon as you recognize him, as soon as you get that text message, immediately, your whole day changes. Amen. I've been there. That's how I know what I'm talking about. Man, we are more in control of our emotions than we think. Matthew 21 and 16 tells us, and this is really kind of where I want to go before we end here tonight. But it says in, in 21.16, amen, we can put this one up on the wall if you can get to it. Matthew 21.16, and said unto him, Hearest thou what thou what these say? Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have you never read? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou perfected praise. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou perfected praise. Why out of the mouth of babes and sucklings? Babies are extremely emotional. Like really emotional. Like when they're hungry, what do they do? I'm talking about newborns. I mean, I, I would think you're kind of weird if every time you got hungry, Jerome, you just started screaming. I mean, I'm glad you got that one in check. It'd be a little odd. Amen. But babies, when they're hungry, they just start screaming. You try to take that bottle out of their hand when they're mid-dinner. You start screaming. Because they know that that's going to get them what they want. And God said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou perfected praise. I wonder if God's just looking for a bunch of babies just to come to church and I don't care who's looking. I want my bottle. I don't care who's listening. I don't care who's around. I need a fresh touch from God. I'm hungry for more of God. Uh, I can preach right there. Amen. I, I'm not interested in just, I'm not interested in anything else. Yeah, go ahead and throw the binky at me. I'll take it out and throw it right back at you. I want the bottle. I can think of another situation where they start screaming. Has to do with a diaper. 
mess. I need you to clean it up. Yeah. They're not worried about who knows it, who smells it, who sees it. Their number one concern is getting that situation fixed. Yeah. Amen, I'm sorry. This is, I'm just a simple processor. It's like just one line. Yep, there we are. That's how I, that's how I process things. Amen. That's their form of communication. Amen. Listen to what Jesus told the disciples. Amen. In Mark chapter 10, verse 14 through 15. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. Oh, you've got it all figured out, don't you? You've got, you've got all of the, amen, the, the, the situation, you have all of the problems and the equations, amen, figured out. I mean, you, amen, believe, amen, that there is, amen, that there is three persons in the Godhead. You feel like that you have to baptize in the name of, you've got it all figured out. So you come to God, and you have that all figured out. And you don't come to God or to the kingdom of God and accept it as a little child. You don't allow anybody to teach or show you anything different. You don't allow, and I use that as an example because I know that we all understand that. But when it comes to other things, amen, there's more, amen, to this uh, to this living for God than just the oneness of God and baptism in Jesus' name. I mean, there are the things that pastors talking about that talked about last week. I mean, it preached a phenomenal message. I mean, on the holiness of God. I mean, God wants to take us to a place. I mean, where He can He can be a, more intimate with us, more close to us, where we reflect Him more closely. Amen. And it requires us to accept the kingdom of God as a child. Whatever, you got to change. I'm, I'm, I'm impressionable. I'm young. I could be changed. Amen. He shall not enter therein if, if he does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child. The Pharisees were the polar opposites of what God was trying to teach his disciples. Matthew 23, 23, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and nice and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. They thought they had it all figured out. They thought they had strategized and calculated all of the requirements in order to make it to heaven. And God came and just obliterated their theology and said, you forgot about Judgment, mercy, faith. These ought you to have done, and not to leave the other undone. You blind guides, which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that, thou, that the outside 
of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones, and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. I mean, he's, he's saying, and this is what we do as, as mature uh, humans. I mean, we're not necessarily, we feel like we've got all of our emotions in check. Amen. We don't have the problems that kids do with their diaper. We don't have, I mean, when we're hungry, we don't go and go around screaming all over the house, but we just, we go to McDonald's and fork over the seven, eight dollars, amen, and get us a meal. Amen. But inside, amen, if we wait till about two or three o'clock, we have a ravaging, a, a ravaging beast inside of us. Starving. Call it hangry. Amen. Amen. But these, these Pharisees, that's what he's saying. He's like, he's like, you've got it all cleaned up on the outside. You got it all figured out. And what I'm interested in is really what's going on in the inside. I want you to express that emotion amen, that's going on the inside. Amen. Hallelujah. I, mean, I want to read a passage of scripture, amen, in Isaiah. And this is a lengthy portion, amen. And um, it says in Isaiah 58, verse 1, Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sins. And they, yet they seek me daily, and delight to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God, they ask, they ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. They're constantly looking, amen, for another way to please God. They're always, God is, is what I'm doing okay. Is, am I all right? Am I, am I pleasing you? That's their number one concern. Cry aloud. Spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. And show my people, amen, their transgression. He's, he's saying, don't, don't hold anything back. But when you come to the house of the Lord, I want you to lift your voice. I want you to lift your voice and worship me from, with your emotion. I want you to express uh, amen, what's going on in the ins- on, the, on the inside. I mean, you can act like the Pharisees. And the Pharisee and the, and the publican, amen, that one day at, at the tabernacle temple. Pharisees on one side, God, I thank you that I'm not like this other guy. I don't have all his problems. Whose prayer was the Lord listening to that day, the Pharisees or the publicans? Exactly. Because the publican wasn't faking it. Yeah, this is really profound, Jared. Thank you. Appreciate that. No, this is, this is just how it is. God's not interested. You're not fooling God. You can't fool him. Amen. You can't, you can't pull the wool over his. He made you, bro. He, 
He made the brain and the thoughts that are in the brain. In fact, the Bible says he knows the thoughts are far off even before you think them. He knows you better than you know yourself. Amen. So that's why he says when you come to the house, don't spare. Don't hold anything back. Spare not, but cry aloud. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. I long for the day where I come into the house of the Lord and, and then somebody's found a place and connected with God and nobody's going to disconnect them. They're not worried about who's walking through those double doors back there. What they're focused on, amen, is God and what he wants to do, amen, in their life that evening. Hallelujah. I've heard it, amen, I've heard it, amen, a number of times, amen, since I've been back. Some folks, amen, ready, amen, hungry, amen, for something more, something different. Amen, but then, oh, I've got to. Straighten up, got to button up, got to make sure everything's right. Get in my pew. It's church time. God's sitting there saying, spare not. Somebody just cry out. I'm just ready for somebody to show me. I see what's going on. I, I see what's going on behind the closed doors. I, I know, amen, your problems. I know, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I know, amen, that you, amen, are going through it. I know, amen, those financial problems. I, I just know, God knows. You can come in. You can either cry out or you can be quiet and just go home and face the same old beast. I mean, the emotion's still there. I mean, the, the difference is whether or not you express it. Where are you investing it? Are you investing it in yourself? I mean, your own, and, 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 and some, uh, in some ways it's important. I mean, to invest, I mean, your emotion in your family and to your home and what you're building. Amen. Amen, in your own life. But you also ought to take some of that, that emotion, and put it into the kingdom of God. You ought to take some of that feeling and, and put it into the kingdom of God. And that's, what's, that's what the difference is between us and the angels. The angels don't have a choice. God created them to worship him. He created them without free will, but he created us with free will. And he's and he's and it's just a this is just a test. I wonder, I wonder how many people are going to return to me. I wonder how many people are going to invest in me, invest back in my kingdom of their own free will. With all of that feeling that I've given them. With all of that desire and and ambition that I've given them. It's all of that motivation and amen. Cry aloud. Spare not. They seek me daily. This is not just a one-time deal. I mean, this, is a, this is a driving factor in my life. This is something that it drives me to prayer. It drives me to fast every now and then. It drives me, amen, to find out what he says in his word. 
I'm emotionally invested. Verse 3 says, Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul? Put this up on the wall, Isaiah 58, verse 3. And thou takest no knowledge. Why is it, God, that fasting seems like you don't see it? Wherefore have we afflicted our Haven't you seen sacrifice? Amen, that I've been given, the sacrifices. My soul and I. You don't even acknowledge it. You don't even notice it. It says, behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasures and exact all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and acceptable day to the Lord? God's posing the question right back to him. I said, God, aren't you noticing what we're doing for you? Don't you see the sacrifice and the affliction of our soul? And God said, is that what I... Is the purpose for your fasting just so, amen, people can notice it and people can see it? So people can give you the accolades that you're looking for and, and, the, and the recognition? Is that why? Is that in your mind what makes an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this something that you think I'm pleased with? Amen. It's not, I, I know I'm going slow here, but I, I want to make sure that this point's, point makes it all the way home. It's not enough for us just to do it so that way one day I'm at the church praying and the pastor walks by and hears me fervently praying in the corner. It's not the purpose. So that he can get up and talk about how Jared and I went on a Three-day fast. And this is what the Lord did as a result. That's not, that's not the object here. And in fact, it seems to me, based on this reading of Scripture, that the Lord's not pleased with that. He's, that He doesn't even consider it a day of the Lord, an acceptable day to the Lord. He wants, he wants it, listen to... The fast that he has chosen. Amen. Reading on in verse 6. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? It's a rhetorical question. Yes. This is the fast that I have chosen. To loose the bands of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. And to let the oppressed go free. And that ye break every yoke. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry. And that thou bring the poor that are cast down to thy house. When thou seest the naked that thou cover him. And that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. That you could see yourself for who you really are. Then shall thy light 
break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily. You think I found this in a health book somewhere? Yeah, I did. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 58. That's what Jesus, that's what God, I mean, that's what the prophet is saying uh, is acceptable unto the Lord. This is the whole reason, amen, that we fast. This is the whole reason, amen, that we invest ourselves emotionally. This is why we cry aloud. This is why we spare not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily. Verse 8. And thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy re-reward. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. Wouldn't you like a prayer life like that? You just cry out, and the Lord is immediately there. My God. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's what he's saying. That's what I want. I mean, if you would just invest yourself emotionally, I mean, all you got to do is cry out. All you got to do is take a moment, uh, take a day, uh, amen, of fasting towards me, amen, not so somebody will notice, not so I can post it on Instagram, not so I can talk about it somewhere else, amen, but so I can see the brokenhearted healed, so we could see revival at New Life, amen, so that we could be effective in our outreach, so that real results are produced. The result of fasting should not be so that I can tell my brother and my sister, well, today I went through it today. I mean, I'm starving. Mom, could you hurry up and cook so I can get my food? I'm, I'm hungry. That's not why we fast. That's not the result of fasting. The result of fasting, amen, is to produce miracles, amen, and revival, amen, and that when we find ourselves in, a, in our prayer closet, that God hears every word that we're saying. And that's the purpose for fasting. I mean, that's the purpose, amen, for praying. That's the purpose, amen, that, that God said, I want you to cry out. I want you to spare not. Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Thou shalt, that, then thou shalt call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry. He shall say, here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and the speaking, and speaking vanity... And if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and, the, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity and the, thy darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they, shall, and they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. And thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. He said, this is, how, this is what it means to, like thy, to delight thyself in the Lord. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. 
I just read for you what it, what it is that is the delight of the Lord. I wish, I mean, I feel almost impressed to read it all again, but you could read it. I'm not going to do that all again. Isaiah 58 and 6 through 14. Amen. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. I'm going to send revival. If you can delight yourself in the Lord, I'll give you the desires of your heart if you delight yourself also in the Lord. Fall in love with living for God. Amen. Invest yourself. Amen. Every emotion, every feeling, amen, that you've got. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Notice what Jesus had to say about this kind of motivation for praying and fasting and working for the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. In fact, instead of sounding a trumpet and saying, hey, everybody, look at me, Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 1, take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. If you can help it, try to just get the job done without anybody noticing. I mean, he said something similar in the same chapter, Matthew 16, verse 16, 6, verse 16 through 18, about fasting. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto the Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee opening, openly. What does he say about prayer? Verse 5 through 6. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 7, he goes on and gives us a little more detail about prayer. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they, think, they, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Amen. But pray, man, I, this is a whole other message. I might just, next Tuesday night, next Tuesday night I preach, I'll be preaching about prayer probably. Amen. But. But James chapter 5, verse 16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I mean, when you get emotionally invested in your prayer, when you take I mean, the time and you're not just mumbling and grumbling about, about your day to God, but you're effectual, you're, effectual, you're fervent, you're praying with, with passion. That's when you start doing something. That's when you start availing in the Holy Ghost. That's when you start succeeding in your prayer. That's when you start going places. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Sister Becky, you could come 
Amen to the music. I have no idea what you're going to play. Wow, I need to hurry up. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is about Elijah, the prophet of Baal on Mount Carmel. Prophets of Baal had been crying out and acting out, bleeding out, doing everything they could to get their God to respond. And these folks were so desperate that if even a leaf had blown, they would have called that a move of God. But not even a leaf stirred. For them. They weren't holding anything back. They weren't concerned about, they were emotionally, they were doing everything they could. But it was useless, it was worthless, it was a waste of their time. And the reason for that is because the God that they served wasn't the right one. But I want you to notice also how Elijah offered up his prayer to the Lord. In 1 Kings 18, verse 30 through 33, And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with those stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. He made it personal. It wasn't just any old altar. It wasn't just church but he built himself stone by stone and each one of those he didn't just grab any old number of stones but he grabbed 12 stones because each one of those stones meant something to Elijah and he put them in place and I almost wonder amen if there are tears coursing down his face as he placed each stone on top of the other Constructing his altar, not haphazardly, not flippantly, but he was investing. This is personal. This is between me and God. And he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put wood in order. Cut the bullock in pieces. I could, I could see him just taking his time. Placing each wood piece on that altar in the proper order. No, let me do that. That's, this is mine. I'm going to put it like this. This is between me and God. And then he slices up the bullock and places it, his sacrifice, on the wood and said, fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. 
said, guys, just pour it on there. I think Elijah got a little carried away at this point. First, he said, just go get four barrels. He started thinking about how at one time, God provided for him. Nobody else had any food. But the mighty God that he served, amen, took him to a widow's house and showed him how he can miraculously provide food for him. Thought about the might of his God and I want to show these people how great God really is. Bring another four barrels of water and dump it on that sacrifice. You don't know how great my God is. You don't understand. You really don't. I want to show you. I want somebody amen, to see how great God is. He said, do it a second time, and they did it a second time. He said, do it the third time, and they did it the third time. And the water ran about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. I mean, finally, after long deliberation, everything was set up and ready. Now the showdown, right? It's time for the Lord to show up. Boom. Blow everybody away. No. Actually, verse 36 says, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Elijah, I know you put a lot of work in. I understand that there's a lot of people watching right now. But I'm going to do this in my time. At the time of the evening sacrifice, that's when Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant that I've done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me. That this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood and the stones and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the God showed up. And he said, I can, I can take care of every situation you have. There is nothing. It's too hard for me. If you'll just take your time and build a relationship with me. If you'll just take your time and build a meaningful altar. And it's not, it's not a quick fix. This is not something that'll send the check in the mail and by the end of this week because that's when I need it. But it's a faith in God God, in your time, I trust you. I believe you. I don't care if we have to stay on this mountain another day. I don't care if we have to stay on this mountain another week. The Bible says in James chapter 5, verse 17, that Elias was subject. He was a man subject to like passions as we are. He wasn't just going through the motions that day.
prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. I mean, I'm closing. If we could all stand here tonight. We have a lot of passion. Humans have a lot of emotion. Amen. But God's saying, if you could just harness that and redirect it towards me. Give that to me. I didn't create that for your own pleasure. I didn't create that strictly for your own desires. But I want you to use that to delight yourself also in me. And when you do that, when you fall in love with the Sabbath day, and you don't just do your own thing, but you come to the house of the Lord and you fall in love with Jesus, and those passions and those emotions are all invested right here in the kingdom of God. Then I will give you the desires of your heart. You can't even imagine what I'd like to do for you. The Bible says in the New Testament, I can't remember the book, but it says, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that he hath prepared for those that love him. You can't even begin to imagine Well, Brother Hilton, you're just trying to stir us up. You're just trying to help us put a little, trying to get our emotions all stirred up. And Well, yeah, it's probably not arguing. He's a mighty God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a capable God. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested. I don't, I don't want to just waste my emotion on just anything. I want to give it to God. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. I wonder if we could find a place tonight and pray. And turn our passions towards God. Delight ourselves also in the Lord. Before we leave, amen, this evening, before we go home and lay our head on our bed and we think about how wonderful our families are and how beautiful, and, and I am not, I, they are, they're wonderful, they're beautiful, beautiful families in this place. I mean, but that love that you have, amen, for your children, for your husband, for your wife, for your mom, for your dad, also delight in the Lord. Take a little bit of that emotion and put it towards God. And He will give you the desires of your heart. I want to be emotionally invested. I mean, these altars are open this evening. 